Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, first of all, could you guys tell, I thought it was really cool, the, the story of why you chose your name, sort of the, the real meaning of Nirvana. You tell us the story. Is there a story? Where did you hear the story? What the wor- actual word Nirvana means. Here's what a story about a lovely lady who, had, who was bringing up three very lovely girls. So well, when, I did, when, the, when I did the interview for that bio... Um, it was 9 o'clock in the morning and I was hung over, so I don't know what I said. I don't even remember. Nirvana means freedom from pain and... Suffering in the external world. That's just that's the Webster's it. Dictionary. I mean, that's just right. right out of the Webster's Dictionary. And if, Web- if Webster, was a, big, if Webster was, was a big Nirvana fan then, and he, he felt inclined to put in a second definition, yeah, but once he got that TV show, it totally sold out. Emmanuel Lewis has the most amazing vocabulary. Let me tell you, you know, that little guy is pretty impressive. What, what do you think Webster would write if he was going to describe you guys in the dictionary? Or what would you have him write? <laughs> Webster? He'd say that we were the Gary Coleman of the music scene. What you talking about, Willis? <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Who Will Save Generation X, the trivia game show that is dedicated to remembering, celebrating, and preserving all the wonderful qualities of Generation X through games, trivia, and friends. I am Zabe, your host, and today we have two great contestants ready to compete for fabulous prizes and in the process do their part to save Generation X from being forgotten. Are you ready to do your part? Please play along with the contestants while you listen and see what rad prize you would have wanted if you were here with us saving Generation X from fading into oblivion. We're so happy you've chosen to join us, and I'm sure you're going to get a nice dose of nostalgia and maybe a few laughs along the way. So if everyone's ready, let's start the show. This episode leans a little towards the younger Generation X members who might be listening. Uh, I write something with a little something for everyone, but if you know much about grunge music from the 90s, then this episode is one you might especially like. We're going to save Generation X for future generations today with the material we cover with these two friends whose friendship stretches all the way back to the early 90s. Our contestants today are Loy. I'm uh, looking forward to being on the show and going against my good friend, Daniel, that I've known for many years. (laughs) Thanks for being here, Loy. And he's going to play against Daniel. Hi, Daniel. Hey, I'm excited to be here and uh, ready to whip some ass. But before we meet them properly, let's give a quick overview of the games we're playing today. If you're new to the show, this is how we play. Daniel, pay attention. The show is broken up into three rounds. The player with the most points after round two goes on to play the bonus round and try and win today's prize. 
That is, unless the losing player can play spoiler and stop them in our final game. We're going to jump right into round one now and get the games rolling. Round one. Hey, guys, you know, you take the good, you take the bad, you take them both, and there you have our first game of the day. It's a game we call The Facts of Life. In this game, we take the top 10 crowdsourced opinions about a topic, and players must compete to identify them on a top 10 list. An incorrect answer will get you a strike, and the player that gets three strikes loses the round. The winner of round one will be awarded the power, the power, which is a position that will grant them advantages later in the show. So no points are awarded in round one, but having the power in round two can be a great advantage. We flip the coin backstage to determine who goes first, and Loy won the coin flip. Next, ladies and gentlemen, we have three fine young men from Seattle. They're coming. Hold on, they're coming. They're thoroughly all right and decent fellows. Here they are. Nirvana! Led by rock icon Kurt Cobain, Nirvana was one of the best-loved and critically adored bands of the 90s. In releasing one of the greatest albums ever, Nevermind, perhaps no one else did more to bring alternative rock into the limelight and make grunge a household word. A cultural phenomenon of the 90s, Nirvana had only three studio albums, but is still credited for ending the dominance of hair metal and changing the face of rock music forever. This episode's Facts of Life list asks you to name the greatest songs from the legendary rock band Nirvana. All of Nirvana's catalog have been voted by over 22,000 fans. Radio staples are here, but true fans will know there are plenty of classic album cuts and rarities that are worthy of your consideration, and the number one song just might surprise you. So tell me, guys, what are the greatest songs by Nirvana of all time? Loy, you go first. Uh, smells Like Teen Spirit. Smells Like Teen Spirit. Number six on the list. Well done. Daniel, can you get one? The second you asked that, I started drawing a blank. But let me go with, uh, uh, well, um, what was the the parrot song they used to do? Uh, what was the name of that one? Uh, Polly Want a Cracker. The, the song is Polly, and uh, that was number 12 on the list. I'm sorry. Oh. That's strike one, Daniel. Okay, Lloyd, back to you. I'm going to go with Come As You Are. as you are number two on the list well done daniel you're already in a hole buddy oh, dig yourself yeah out. yeah well so he went with the low-hanging fruit and it just kind of knocked me out um let's say uh oh uh the man who sold the world David Bowie song, but also number eight on the list. Number eight on the list. No, he just said that in the unplugged. That's the David Bowie song. <laughs> Sounded more like Ringo on that. I should do another take on that. <laughs> That's the David Bowie song. Okay, uh, Loy, you're back. No strikes. I'm gonna go with all. 
I'm going to go with all apologies. All apologies, a rad song for sure. And number four on the list. Daniel, you have one strike. You're still alive. Anything can still happen. The number one spot is still available. You really want to get that right now. Oh, uh, rape me. Pardon me? <laughs> oh, sorry. Rape me. Rape me, my friend. Rape me. Rape me. Uh, number 10 on the list. Every time I hear that song, I think of your dad, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> For those who are listening, Daniel's dad was a, is a uh, born-again preacher, uh, went to the church we used to go to, and from the pulpit, he railed against Nirvana, uh, citing the song Rate Me. But his rendition of it was, was just hilarious. And I don't think it had quite the, the, the sting that he was hoping for in the crowd. <laughs> Every time, that's all I think about. I'm so glad you came up with that one. That's, so, that's the whole reason I made this list, is just to say that comment. <laughs> Loy, back to um, you. No strikes. I'm going to go with heart-shaped box. That's a good one to go with because that's number one on the list. Oh, wow. Yeah. I said it might surprise you. It's a great song, though. Mm -hmm. Okay. Things are going to get a little more difficult now as a lot of the top songs have been picked. Daniel, can you get another one off the list? About a girl. About a girl is number five on the list. Well done. Loy, back to you. Still no strikes. You're in command of this game. Can you go I'm strikeless? Go with, I'm going to go with In Bloom. In Bloom, my favorite Nirvana song. Number seven on the list. Very good. You guys are cruising through this list. Only one strike. Two answers remain. I think it's going to get pretty difficult. Daniel? I've, I've got one that I'm thinking of, and I just don't know if it's that high up, but I'm just going to say it anyways. Uh, Penny Royalty. Penny Royalty is number 23 on the list. Oh. That is your second strike, Daniel. Loy? Of course it is. You're, you're in the driver's seat, bud. I'm going to go with lithium. I'm so happy because today found my friends in my head. I'm so You're destroying this list, Lloyd. Lithium is number three on the list. 
Only one remains. Daniel, be smart about your answer now. Uh, the only thing, the only song that's coming to mind that I'm thinking of that was that, that might have been big enough, uh, a song called Dumb. I'm not like that, back in the town. The sun is gone, I have a light. The day is done, and I'm having fun. I think I'm dumb, maybe just happy. Dumb is number nine, you got it, Daniel. Uh, oh, jeez. Well done. Wow. Oh, man. So that's all the top 10. You guys got all the, all the spots. How it, so we go to the tiebreaker, and that's um, Loy, who got number one, which was Heart-Shaped Box. So, Loy, congratulations. You've won the round one, and you have the power. So it's a little anticlimactic when you guys get them all off the list, and no one has three strikes. <laughs> but, Daniel, you saved a lot of face by getting that last one, so well done. Oh, but, Loy, with no oh, strikes. Oh, cool. That was good. I, I don't think we've ever had anyone not get at least one strike before. So well, well done, guys. Before we start round two, let's take a moment to better meet our contestants. I like to ask a personal preference question to get the listeners a better idea of who they're playing against at home and also ask our guests a little about their Gen X credentials. That is, what, besides being born when you were, makes you qualified to truly call yourself Generation X? This episode's personal preference question is, which was the best grunge band of the 90s? Lloyd, we're going to start with you. Welcome to the show. Please tell us a little bit about yourself and your personal preference answer and your Gen X credentials. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with uh, Nirvana, of course. But if I could say a close two and three, I would have to go with Smashing Pumpkins for my two. And I'd have to go with Soundgarden for three. Um, All solo bands. Yeah, I just... I can't, I can't, I can't, you know, put it any other way, but as far as my, my generation X credentials, I'd have to say that, uh, I'm a diehard fan of eighties, uh, cartoons. And I think the, the thing that separates me from a lot of people is my complete collection of the He-Man and the masters of the universe series, <laughs> followed mm. by the complete, followed by the complete Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles collection. And then thirdly, the complete GI Joe cartoon series collection. But I, th- I think there's someone that, that does have the ultimate collection. I think that would be Zabe. And I, I do believe you do have all the Robotechs. Am I, am I correct? Oh, I've got several different iterations of all the Robotechs. Okay. I got them. Cool. I got them recorded off of VHS tapes when I was a kid. I still have all my tapes. Awesome. I've got the DVDs and I've got like the, uh, like the, the latest one, the, the like ultimate collection version. And I wait awesome. for my daughter to get a little bit older to share those with her. Um, but with, yeah, Robotech's for sure a, a favorite. Well, thanks, Loy, for being here. And please welcome to the show, Daniel. Please give us your uh, personal preference answers and your Gen X credentials. Oh, man, like there's so many great bands from back in the, in the day. Uh, and, and I don't even know, people will probably argue with me whether or not this is actually grunge or not. But uh, I was a big Fugazi fan. Fugazi? Uh, yeah, Joel gave me a Fugazi tape. Thirteen songs is the name of the was the name of the album, and I listened to that thing over and over and over again. And uh, it it like totally influenced my musical taste from that point on. 
Yeah, I think Joel, for the listeners, that, that was a, a mutual friend of ours at our, our church yeah. that we grew up in. Yeah. Joel, Joel yeah. I think, gave everybody tapes. But yeah. later in life, we found out that, that Joel actually stole all those tapes to give to us <laughs> so that we would be his friend. He gave me a Violent Femmes uh, uh, cassette tape, I remember. And I'm like, where did you get this from? Like, you didn't have this a little bit ago. I'm like, oh, I, I got it at the Warehouse Music right over the street. Yeah. That's great. And, and I would say my Gen X credentials would be that I, I like, so I guess, I mean, we had an Atari. Uh, we had our Super Nintendo, we had Nintendo, like, I mean, like all the things that most kids nowadays think uh, about uh, classic video games, like, I had way older video games than that. Yeah, I, I think a, a, if you didn't have an Atari growing up, I mean, that's that's borderline child abuse, I think, from, from your yes. parents. <laughs> we went, we had an Atari, we had Nintendo, then Super Nintendo, and then got a Tandy 1000 computer and started playing like Space oh, wow. Quest and all the King's yeah. Quest, all those old school Sierra online games. Like that's straight up like gaming before anything close to what's out there nowadays. Awesome. Well, thank you, Daniel, for being on the show. Is there anything you'd like to say about yourself? Introduce yourself to the, to the audience? Oh, I mean, I just, I'm, I'm thankful to be here. It's been a, it's, it's cool to, to talk to you guys. I haven't talked to you guys for a long time. And uh, we're, we're all three of us. Uh, well, y'all are on the, the opposite side of the country from me. I'm in the South. And if, if you can't tell from my voice. Uh, <laughs> I think that's pretty obvious. Uh, <laughs> the y'alls well, gave it away. I, 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 well, hey, y'all means all. So it's one of those inclusive words. I'm thankful that it's like my southernness has saved me in the PC wars lately, because when I say y'all, I'm inclusive of everybody. Um, <laughs> having grown up and all the all over the world, and everywhere I go, I have to like fit in. And so the way you talk is uh, it's constantly changed, chameleon like. If I hung around you guys long enough, I'd start sounding like we were back in Cali. <laughs> Well, let's hope so. All right. Thank you, Daniel. <laughs> Thanks for being on the show. Let's move on to round two. Round two. Round two today is a game called Eight is Enough. In this game, I will ask a total of eight questions, four to each of the contestants. Points are awarded for each correct answer, two points for a complete correct answer, and one point for a partial correct answer, which is up to the judge's discretion. At any time, a player can appeal the judges to make a ruling for a partial correct answer and try to make their case through loud arguments. The player who currently has the power gets to choose between two questions to answer. The power also allows the player to know one of the two categories the question falls under, so they can make an educated guess on which question to choose. Players take turns answering questions with a chance to steal if their opponent answers incorrectly. A steal is worth one point, but also steals the power. You cannot lose points for an incorrect answer. However, all questions must be given an answer, no matter how incorrect they are. So if you don't know the answer, make something up and try and make it entertaining. Just like in the Nickelodeon television show, you can't do that on television. Saying some form of I don't know has consequences. And in this case, you'll have a point taken away from you if you don't answer a question. Loy, you can pick between these two questions. Will it be the greatest tag team match of the decade? Brother, brother which is a culture and sports question, or will it be not all ghosts are friendly? I'm going to go with not all ghosts are friendly. Okay. 
This is an arcade video game question. The 1980 classic arcade game Pac-Man was the first video game to feature antagonist characters that had actual names. Which of the following was not a name of a ghost from Pac-Man? Was it A, Inky, B, Blinky, C, Dinky, or D, Clyde? I'm going to go with C, Dinky. Dinky was not one of the ghosts, so that is a correct answer. Well done. That's two points for you. The ghost design took most of the 18-month development time for the game, which was kind of long in those days. They all behave differently in how they go after Pac-Man, and this is the first game to feature some form of artificial intelligence. Some of the inspiration for the ghost came from Casper, the friendly ghost, if you can believe that, uh, the ghost that sometimes wore hats but never wore pants. <laughs> so that's two points for you, Loy. And Daniel, that means this is your question. It's called the greatest tag team match of the decade, brother. Brother. On March 31st, 1985 at Madison Square Garden, the first ever WrestleMania took place. There was a total of nine matches that night, but the main event was the tag team match featuring Paul Orndorff and Rowdy Roddy Piper versus Hulk Hogan and this iconic figure from the 1980s. Who was Hulk Hogan's tag team partner? Oh, would it have been Randy Macho Man Savage? That is incorrect. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Mm. Macho Man didn't come around uh, till later, I believe, uh, in 80. Mm. I think he was post-85. Was it uh, Andre the Giant? You only get one guess, buddy. <laughs> you got it wrong. And, Loy, you get a chance to steal. Can you steal this question? Uh, I'm going to go with the ultimate warrior. Oh, no. Sorry. That is incorrect <laughs> as well. <sighs> Man. I like that guy. Uh, I pity the fool that didn't know the answer to this one. It was Mr. T. Uh, Mr. Oh, T. oh, wow. God. <laughs> I didn't realize he was that, that legit. I mean, I, yeah. the question did say iconic figure of the eighties. I don't think ultimate war was quite iconic. <laughs> I don't know, man. I liked wrestling when I was a kid. I think everyone likes wrestling in the 80s. Uh, here's yeah. your spoiler yeah. warning for people who haven't quite caught up on the 1985 wrestling match. The Hulkster pinned Paul Orndorff for the win. Uh, the attendance was nearly 20,000 people, and over 1 million viewers wow. watched it on closed circuit and pay-per-view TV. Uh, it was a star-studded affair. Gorilla Monsoon and Jesse the Body Ventura served as ringside announcers. Muhammad Ali was the <laughs> guest referee. Yankees uh, manager Billy Martin was the ring announcer. And Liberace was the timekeeper. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Star-studded, to say the least. The score is two to nothing. So you can choose between Rhodes, where we're going. We don't need Rhodes, which is a movie question. Or you can pick Shh, don't tell anyone the answer to this question. I'm going to go Rhodes. In 1981, when Robert Zemeckis and Bob Gale first began to write the script for Back to the Future, they had a reconfigured refrigerator as their time-traveling device. By the time production for the film came around in 1984, the refrigerator, thankfully, was changed to a DeLorean. What was the exact speed the car in the Back to the Future had to travel to go back through time. Was okay, it A, 88 <laughs> miles per hour? B, 100 miles per hour? 
C, 84 miles per hour, or D, 69 miles per hour? 69, I'm going to go with A. 88 miles per hour! A, of course, is correct. That was kind of a layup. The DeLorean had to go 88 miles per hour in order to reach the speed required for time travel. The producers used a digital speedometer to show the speed Marty was trailing. Uh, because due to the law signed by Jimmy Carter that capped speedometers, the standard DeLorean speedometer only reached 85 miles per hour. The way I see it, if you're going to build a time machine into a car, why not do it with some style? So that's two points for you, Loy. And you retain the power. Okay, Daniel, you're down mm. four to nothing. It'd be very yeah. good if you get this question right. And not it to would be, wouldn't it? And not to jinx you or anything, but this might be a more difficult question. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that. It's called, shh, don't tell anyone the answer to this question. <laughs> this is a comic book question. In 1984, Marvel Comics published a 12-issue miniseries in which many of the heroes and villains of the universe were transported by an entity called The Beyonder to a distant planet. The foes were forced to do battle for the entity's amusement. What was the storyline called? What was this title of this miniseries? <sighs> I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna again go for the easy answer. I think it's gonna be Secret Wars. Well done, Daniel. That's two points for you. Great job. Mm. Secret Wars. Marvel's supervillains are coming. Secret Wars. Can the Marvel superheroes stop them? Supervillains and superheroes figures each sold separately. I like the comic books. I used to go hang out at the yeah. old uh, Super Collectors oh, quite yeah. a bit. Yeah. Uh, comic books is a total part of my childhood, big time. Well, here's the fun fact Marvel's Secret Wars storyline ran from May 1984 to April 1985, so a whole year for this, and also had an accompanying line of action figures, which are highly sought after on the collector market mm -hmm. today. Secret Wars was yep. the first appearance of the famous black suit worn by Spider-Man, which eventually turned mm -hmm. out to be a living symbiote. Symbiote, whatever, you, however you pronounce that. We argued in my family how to pronounce that. Uh, symbiote. Symbiote. That sounds good to me. Another plot twist was that oh. Benjamin Grimm, a.k.a. The Thing, discovered that his on this world, he was finally able to transform between his human form and his superhero form at will. Grimm had long felt outcast because of his physical deformity and chose to remain on the planet with She-Hulk temporarily replacing him in the Fantastic Four. The judges are informing me that they would like to see this as the next phase of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> oh, Secret Wars for MCU? Can you imagine seeing all that come to life? Oh, yeah. 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 I, I they have all the properties that. now. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, they have to get all the properties, but no, they just got them all. Yeah, they can do it. Yeah. Yeah. Kevin Feige, no, get on that. Nice. Yeah, I would like to see that. I, I just would like to see the X-Men coming into all the MCU stuff now. Yeah, for, for real sure. X-Men, not this made up yeah. Fox stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't count. None of that counts. Lloyd, you still have the power so you can pick between these two questions. Will it be Dr. Jones? Again, we see there's nothing you can possess, which I cannot take away, which is a movie question. Or you can choose, note to self, never babysit for Obi-Wan Kenobi. Let's go go with Dr. Jones. Dr. Jones it is. I really wish you would have picked the other one. 
<laughs> Didn't take the hint. <laughs> In the second greatest movie ever made, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Indiana Jones is forced to give up his hard-earned golden idol to Belloc as he is surrounded by tribal warriors in South America. Indy tells Belloc that the tribe would not trust him if they knew him the way Indy did. This is a fill-in-the-blank. Fill-in-the-blank to Belloc's reply. Belloc says, yes, too bad. You could want them if only you spoke. Fill-in-the-blank. If only you spoke Jovitos. Well done, Loy. That's two points. <laughs> oh. uh, speaking of the Jovito language, <laughs> Daniel speaks several languages. I know that. Can, do you, yeah. Is Jovito one of the languages I you speak? I, I do not speak Jovito, okay. unfortunately. Right. You lived in South America. I thought there's a chance. Yes. I, yes, I, there's I, I've a chance, this but no. I saved this question just for you in the, in the, in the hopes that you spoke Jovito. Okay. But <laughs> can either of you tell me how to say in, in native Jovitos the following phrase? Hey, guys, please chase Indiana Jones out of the jungle, into the clearing, over the hills, and shoot poison blow darts at him as he swings on a vine into a river and gets into his boa snake-infested pontoon plane. No. This is how you no. say it. You guys don't get that's that right. joke? Yeah, I get it because he, he does it. He does the, does the, yeah. That's okay. good. That's funny. All right. Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for laugh. Give me, thanks for the courtesy laugh. That's good. <laughs> the, original, the original question was going to be, how do you say that in Ovidos? Anyone <laughs> remembered? That's a, that's a little deep cut. Okay, so that means the score, the score is six to two. Daniel, you need to get this to, yes. to stay alive, buddy. Okay, I'm, I'm called, working on it. The question is called, Note to Self, Never Babysit for Obi-Wan Kenobi. This is a movie question as well. In the greatest movie ever made, Star Wars, Obi-Wan Kenobi leaves Luke as an infant <laughs> to the care of the only family he could find. What are the names, relationship to Luke, and profession of these relatives? It's kind of a three-parter. So you need to come up with the names, how they're related to Luke, and their profession. Oh gosh, uh, they are moisture farmers. I think is the the term. Uh, it's oh, it's Aunt Baru and Uncle. Uh, uh, I want to say Ben, but I know it's. It, I don't think it's Uncle Ben because that's think you're Ben hungry. Kenobi. No, you think yeah, you're thinking maybe. of a rice. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I can't remember the uncle's name, but I, it's Aunt Baru and uh, Moisture Farmers or Harvesters, I think is what it was. You can't say I don't know, so you got to come up with an answer. Oh, okay. Uncle Jed. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Jed is incorrect. You, you have an argument to be made for a partial if by some miracle, Lloyd cannot get this answer correct. So I can see the look on his face that he knows it. What do you got, uh, Lloyd? Can you steal? Yeah, it's uh, Uncle Owen and Aunt Baru. Oh, and, that's right. And, and they were moisture farmers. Moisture that farmers. Is, that is correct, Loy. Well done. If they trace the robots here, they may have learned who they sold them to, and that would lead them back home. Oh, wait, Luke. It's too dangerous. 
You now have seven points to uh, Daniel's two. Uh, let me tell you, Uncle Owen Lars and Aunt Baru Lars were the answers. Uh, they were moisture farmers. Owen was the son of Klieg Lars, and he became the stepbrother to Jedi Knight Anakin Skywalker when Klieg married Anakin's mother, Shmi. Science tells me that about 20% of the population hates the sound of the word moist. So there's about a 20% chance that stormtroopers murdered Owen and Bruce simply because of the kind of farm he had and not in search of the stolen plans for the Death Star. <laughs> so seven to two, Loy yeah. has the power, but Daniel, don't hold your head down because anything can still happen. Right, Loy, you get to pick between these two questions. Will it be OG VJ, which is a television question, or name that auto-tune bad British accent edition? I'm going to go with the latter question. Okay. Name that auto-tune bad British edition is a head-to-head -head challenge. For this question, the judge will perform part of a popular Gen X song, and you will have to give me the artist and title. The catch is that the judges are terrible performers and they will also be using a awful fake British accent to make things sound more confusing and silly than is necessary, just as the real people from Britain do. My three British listeners have not contacted me yet, so the lame British jokes will continue until they do. Who will say Gen X at gmail.com? Learn it. Use it if you want me to shut up. The only help you'll get is the date the song was released. There are a total of three songs with the regular rules applying for stealing the power as well as stealing points. So anything can Ooh. still happen. Daniel, you're still in the game. So, but it takes Lloyd getting this wrong. <laughs> okay, Lloyd. This, this is a song from 1982. Give me title and artist. Sucking on chili dog outside the tasty freeze. Diane sitting on Jackie's lap. Got his hands between her knees. Jackie says, hey, Diane, let's run off behind a shady tree. Dribble off those Bobby Brooks. Let me do what I please. Title and artist. And remember, Daniel needs you to get this wrong in order to continue. <laughs> what do you got, Loy? I know the artist, but I'm trying to think of the name of the song. It's, um, it's John Cougar Mellencamp. Life Goes On. That is incorrect. Daniel, can you steal this? Yes. Uh, Little Pink Houses, John Cougar Mellencamp, sucking on chili dogs. I'm sorry, Daniel. That is incorrect, buddy. Oh, it's not Little Pink Houses? Nope. This is, the easy, this is the easiest one on the list. They say the name oh. of the song in the lyrics. Okay. This, this is Jack and Diane. Sucking on chili dogs, outside taste free. By John Cougar Mellencamp was the artist. Yeah. We also would have accepted John Cougar, John Cougar Mellencamp, Johnny Cougar, or J. Jonah John Cougar Mellencamp. <laughs> so that's no points for either of you. <laughs> he, he liked to mix it up. Yeah, yeah, his manager said no one will ever buy an album from someone with the last name Mellencamp. So that's why they made him John Cougar. John Cougar. <laughs> Johnny Cougar. Hey, Jenny. Here's song number two. This one's 
for you, Daniel, to start out with. Name this from 1995, artist and title. Despite all my rage, I am still just a rat in a cage. Then someone will say, what is lost can never be saved. Despite all my rage, I am still just a rat in a cage. Is it, uh, is it, is it zero by the Smashing Pumpkins? That is incorrect. Lloyd, can uh, you steal? That would be Bullet with Butterfly Wings by Smashing Pumpkins. Oh. That is correct. Mm. I lost. Despite all my rage, I am still just a rat in a cage. Someone will say what is lost can never be saved. Uh, Lloyd, you are dunking all over Daniel at this point. <laughs> but for funsies, Lloyd, <laughs> and because I did all the work, name this tune from 1987, Artisan Title, and really wrote up the score. We got everything you want, honey. We know the names. We are the people that can find whatever you may need. If you got the money, honey, we got your disease. One more time. That would be Welcome to the Jungle by Guns N' Roses. That is correct. Yeah. I knew that one. <laughs> you know, in all fairness, I think, I think Daniel ran into the hardest questions on each round. I'm serious. A score 11 to 2. Loy, your score went to 11. These go to 11. And uh, you uh, totally crushed Daniel. <laughs> well done. Loy, congratulations. You won the game. <laughs> but the better question is, can you claim a prize? Daniel, this is where you <laughs> get to play spoiler to Loy and prevent him oh. from winning a prize and get a little bit of revenge. That's cool. Okay. <laughs> the block. <laughs> you can see block in here. Mr. T will return after these messages. Before we play the final round, if you're enjoying the show so far, please consider giving us a positive review on Apple Podcasts and subscribing to future episodes. It costs you nothing to give us a positive review and subscribe, but it would mean a whole lot to me. We'd love to have you as a friend of the show. Thank you so much. Now back to the program. Round three. Round three is a bonus prize round called Dysfunctional Family Feud. In this final round, the game's loser can play spoiler to the winner. I will ask the same five survey questions, Family Feud style, to each player in turn, and they will need to respond with what they think is the most popular answers from the Generation X timeline. That's the 70s, 80s, and early 90s. These are actual survey questions taken from actual people from Generation X that have been quizzed by the show via Facebook. The loser gets the answer first with the winner unable to hear their responses. The winner will then have to give responses to the same five questions and beat the other player's score without duplicating any of the answers. If they get more points, they win the game and go on to claim a chance at their prize. Loy won. I'm going to put Loy in the waiting room. Just you and me, Daniel. Oh. Got to figure out a way to stop this guy. Oh, no. I don't want to buy him anything. <laughs> well, I'm going to ask you five survey questions. So you're thinking Generation X timeline, okay? You're your peers. What gotcha. would your peers say? Okay. So you get one pass, and the pro okay. tip is use your pass. Make sure, don't waste it. Okay. 
Okay. Your time will begin after I finish reading the first question. Name the best song to skate to at a roller rink. Uh, that would be Come On Eileen. Name a performer on the song We Are The World. Michael Jackson. What was the best Atari game? Uh, Pac-Man. Who is your favorite Muppet? Ah, uh, uh, Kermit. What was the best Sylvester Stallone movie? Rambo. Which one? Oh, First Blood. All right, let's bring Loy back in. Loy, I'm going to ask you the same five survey questions I asked Daniel. You may not duplicate okay. any of his answers. Okay. If you do, I'll say try again, and you need to give me a different answer. You get two passes. Make sure you use your passes. Daniel didn't okay. use his passes. We'll see if that'll come back to bite him. Okay, Loy, your time will begin after I finish reading the first question. Name the best song to skate to at a roller rink. Roll Bounce. Name a performer on the song, We Are the World. Cindy Lauper. What was the best Atari game? Centipede. Who was your favorite Muppet? Kermit the Frog. Try again. Fozzie Bear. Fozzie is fine. We don't have to get all official with it. We don't have to get. We don't have to be so formal. Fozzie Bear. You don't need a first and last name. Fozzie's fine. What is the best Sylvester Stallone movie? First Blood. Try again. Rocky. That's five. This is a very close game. I can tell you right now. Let's go to the scores. I asked you. Name the best song to skate to at a roller rink. Daniel, I don't think you've ever been to a roller rink. Nope. Because you said, come on, Eileen, which did not make our survey. Sorry. I'm sure it didn't. Yeah. Loy, I know you have been to a roller rink, but your answer <laughs> of roll bounce did not make our survey as well. So that's no points for either of you on the first question. Who did you ask these questions to? Gen Xers. <laughs> From what neighborhood? From 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 all over the world. It wasn't <laughs> Dude, you didn't go to roller skating rinks. What do you know? Don't criticize uh, my uh, fellow genetics. I remember that song though. Okay. The number one answer was Another One Bites the Dust by Queen. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. The number four answer I thought was funny, which was jump, which I could just imagine <laughs> a bunch of people on roller skates <laughs> jumping around. <laughs> Breaking ankles. I asked you to name a performer on the song We Are the World by USA for Africa. Daniel, you said Michael Jackson. The number one answer worth 32 points. You're in the lead. Lloyd, oh. you said Cindy Lauper, which was the number two answer, worth 28 points. Bringing the score 32 to 28. Four points separates you. What was the best Atari game was next? Daniel. You had Atari, and you said Pac-Man, which was like the worst variety of Pac-Man ever was that Atari Pac-Man. It was just brutal. And the 
people on Facebook recalled that and did, did not make our survey. So zero points for you there. Oh, wow. Lloyd, you said centipede, which was the number four answer, worth 13 points, bringing your score to 41. Anything can still happen. The number one answer was pitfall. Pitfall was oh, the wow. number one answer. Pitfall. Oh, that was a good one. I like that game. one. Yeah. 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 That one was a little ahead of its time, I think. Yeah, yeah. I asked you, name your favorite Muppet. Daniel, you said Kermit the Frog, which was the number two answer worth 26 points, bringing you to a total of 58 points. Mm. Loy got all hoity-toity with us and said Fozzie the Bear, <laughs> which was the number four answer worth uh, 15 points. So the score is 58 to 56. Two points separates you. Mm. The number one answer for favorite Muppet is Animal. People love Animal. Oh, Animal, oh, yeah. the drummer. Yep. <laughs> I was wondering if, if it was going to be Miss Piggy, but no, Animal. Piggy was number five. Oh, wow. Going into the final question, only two points separates you. What was the best Sylvester Stallone movie? Daniel, you said First Blood, a great Sylvester Stallone movie. The number two answer worth 22 points bringing you to a grand total of 80 points. Loy, you need 25 points to win. You said Rocky. And the judges want you to clarify, which Rocky do you mean? Rocky won. Okay. Survey said. Rocky won was the number one answer worth 28 points, bringing you to a total of 84. Loy, you've won the game and you're gonna go on to claim a chance at your prize. Cool, right on. Congratulations. Thank you. What uh, what number was Demolition Man? <laughs> Demolition Man did not make our survey, although Oscar did as the number five answer. Oh, Oscar was terrible. Uh, honorable mention to the party at Kitty and Studs as a best Sylvester Stallone movie. Is that the porn that he was in? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the Shoppers Bazaar segment is a throwback to the old Wheel of Fortune prize vault where the winner gets to claim a prize from the showroom. However, we are not Wheel of Fortune, and I can only offer a chance at a prize by me placing bids on my eBay watch list on the winner's behalf. I will place a minimum bid on the listing of the winner's choice until I am the high bidder. If that bid holds up to the end of the auction, then I will buy that item for the winner. So, Lloyd, let's go to the prize vault. And uh, there is one wrinkle to this uh, edition's prize vault. So we will uh, get to that when we, when we get there. What will it be, Lloyd? Will it be a Nirvana guitar pick with logo signatures by the band's drummer, Dave Grohl? How often do you get a uh, guitar pick signed by the drummer? Or will it be a four-by-six photograph of the cast of the TV show Alice? Hand signed by Polly Holiday, <laughs> who played Flo in the series. Wow. Or a Han Solo frozen and carbonite ice tray mold. My brother and I used to just oh, put nice. our Han Solo figure in a glass of water <laughs> and put it in the freezer when we were kids until that glass shattered and glass shards got into the frozen chicken. <laughs> Would you like to commemorate this by getting a classic Garbage Pail Kid card featuring Daniel Prune? 
lose some weight with an exercise album from the 80s featuring Strawberry Shortcake and the gang teaching uh-huh. kids how to do jumping jacks and crunches on the cover. Wow. Or a full-size Medal of Yavin replica that was given to Luke and Han as seen at the end of the Star Wars throne room scene after Luke blew up the Death Star. <laughs> or, I'm glad you won this one, Loy, a lot featuring the band Kiss, a.k.a. Knights and Satan Service, that includes <laughs> King, Luke Kings of Drum Satan Service. What was that? I said Kings and Satan Service. Kings and Satan Service. They're, they're delegated to Kings. Dude, Satan doesn't share kingship with <laughs> anyone, dude. Kingship. <laughs> you need to learn more about Satan. These are clearly knights in Satan's service. So this last item is a uh, a lot of memorabilia from uh, Kiss, right? including logo drumsticks, a large figurine of Gene Simmons, a shadow box to display that contains all sorts of different memorabilia. Um, That's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's it's I think I think pretty pretty. Uh, yeah, it's expensive too. Ooh. Um, <laughs> that's been bit up since I put this on the watch list. <laughs> uh, you're worth it, Loy. Come on. So we have yeah, one wrinkle. Well, hold on. We have one wrinkle. So you can either. So we have a listener named Gina who's very active on our Facebook group page who mm-hmm. suggested that instead of just doing the Wheel of Fortune bit here, we add a little uh, drama to this segment. By making it more of a, let's make a deal. So okay. you can either take one of these guaranteed uh, prizes for the bit, or you can choose what's in this box. So you can either take the box or take the bid. What's it going to be? Daniel, this is where you're supposed to be the crowd saying, take the box. Uh, take, take the bid. I don't know, man. <laughs> so anything can be in this box. Anything could be that, in this that, box, I, or you can it, take the, the guaranteed thing. Loy, what's yeah. it going to be? I'm going to I'm going to take the bid. I'm going to take the guaranteed. You're going to take the bid? Okay. Yeah. Let's see what was in the box. It was a middle finger. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Could have been yours. Yeah. Wow. But instead, you're taking the bid. What is it going to be on the bid, Loy? Um, although. I- I was gonna say the kiss items. I I like the the Nirvana, the signed pick by Dave Grohl. The pick, okay. Yeah. So yeah. if you choose this, you can't go back. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> okay. Bidding now, because I can't take back my bids, right? So let's place a bid. We have the high bidder at one dollar yeah. and fifty cents. Yeah. yeah. Congratulations, Loy. If this bid holds up, I will buy this for you and have it shipped out to you at no cost to yourself. Just want to go back to the the wish list, watch list. Oh shoot, I forgot. There's another page here. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's okay. That's well, let's right. see what was on the other page. Just for, oh, it's a 1983 DeLorean DMC with the top <laughs> bid at starting at forty six thousand five hundred dollars. <laughs> I'm sorry. I should have clicked over to that other page and given you all to choose from. But we've already placed the bid. We can't go back. So instead of the $46,000 DeLorean, we're going to stick with the $1.25 Nirvana guitar pick. Congratulations, Loy. Thank you. Thank you so much for checking out the show. We know you have a vast ocean of choices to choose from in your podcasting enjoyment. And it is simply amazing that you chose to spend a little time on our little show. Thank you so very much. 
If you like the show, you can join us on Facebook where we have a fun Facebook group that has a bunch of fun, nostalgic items posted every day. If you'd like to contribute directly to the show, we have a Patreon account set up at patreon.com slash who will save Gen X. Contributions there go directly to keeping the show going, offering better prizes to the contestants, paying for guitar picks, and all-around improvement to future episodes. At our Patreon site, you'll find special offers, so take advantage of those if you would so choose. If you like what we're doing here and you want to save Gen X from being forgotten, you can contribute there. Otherwise, please consider us next time. I'm just really glad that you're listening to the show. Thank you so much. I just want to say thanks again to my guests and give them an opportunity to get any kind of shout-outs or plugs that they'd like to give. Loy, anything you'd like to, any shout-outs you'd like to give or uh, plug? I just want to say uh, it was an honor and a privilege to be on the uh, show again. And uh, it's a great show. And if people are listening, give it a listen and, and keep uh, keep Generation X going. And let's, let's do our part to keep Generation X alive. And I just want to say, check out my band, Honey Chain, if you get a chance. Uh, we're on uh, all social media platforms. And uh, it's good stuff, good music. And it was good to see my good friend, Daniel. I haven't seen him in a long time. And it was good to go yeah. against him and, and uh, good seeing him and playing against him on this show. And keep the show going, Zabe. You're doing a great job. Thanks, man. We'll put a link to the Honey Chain um, information in the show notes. So you can check out Loy's band there. Thank you for being on the show, Loy. It's great having you. And also, thank you to you, Daniel, for being on the show. Anything you'd like to shout out or give a plug to? Uh, Well, like like Loy said, I appreciate the opportunity. Um, And uh, it was great, like, connecting again with you guys because it's been a while. Um, I don't know if I have really any plugs or shout outs, but I just say, uh, if you have a chance, go grow some food. That's about it. Daniel is a farmer in his, uh, local town of, uh, is it Chattanooga? Chattanooga. And I would say I'm a community organizer and I organize other people that are farmers and gardeners. Uh, I'm not so much a farmer. Do you have any kind of website or anything you can direct? Um, you can uh, you can find us on Instagram or uh, on Facebook. It's called Healing Gardens Cha C H A, Healing Gardens Cha, and it's a, a basically a volunteer organization. I take people out to the hood and we grow food. That's great. It's a good service you're doing, Daniel. Before we go, I'd like to leave you with a cliffhanger question. Know the answer? Please reach out to me on our Facebook group page, or you can email me directly at whowillsavegenx at gmail.com. Also, if you have any feedback for the show I would or would like to submit a trivia question or segment idea, just like Gina did, you can reach me at the show as well. If we use your question in the show, we'll be sure to give you a shout out. Thanks again, Gina, for the uh, let's make a deal idea. Didn't come through this time. <laughs> we'll see. I'll put, I'll put crappier things on the uh, watch list and see if I can entice people to take the box next time. And now this episode's cliffhanger question is, Leonardo DiCaprio got noticed when he was in What's Eating Gilbert Grape and became world famous after starring in Titanic. But before any of that, he was a late season addition to what sitcom? Ooh. Correct answers to the cliffhanger question will be put in a drawing for an upcoming prize at a later date. Last episode's cliffhanger question has been posted on the Facebook group page, so you can find all the details there. Well, that's it for this episode. Thanks again for checking out the show. We welcome you to subscribe to the show for future episodes where we will once again ask the question, 
who will save Generation X. Later. I'm aware of how destiny is going to take its course, brother. Bro, brothers, bro. Brothers, brother. Brothers, brother, 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 brother. I'm fighting for life, brother. We've been hanging and banging, brother. Brother, 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 brothers, brother. 20,000 leagues under the sea is a nice place to deposit somebody, brother. Brother, 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 brother. I set my eyes on you, brother. Brother, 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 brother. They'll be trying to drink their own sweat to survive, brother. That was a David Bowie song. That's a David Bowie song. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.